Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Win the Hour, Win the Day. I am your host, Chris Ward. Today we have Michelle Seiler Tucker in the house and oh my gosh, we've got all kinds of things we can talk to her about. It's going to be phenomenal. All right, I have, I mean, Michelle's got such a bio, we're just going to gloss over all the exciting parts. She's a 20-year veteran of merge, uh, merges and acquisitions. Now, you might think, oh, but you know, I'm an entrepreneur. What's that got to do with me? Oh, she's going to bestow all kinds of brilliance that she learned from oh, small, medium, large businesses. Uh, you may have seen her on Forbes, US Magazine. She's just regular radio guest, and she's worked with some pretty impressive uh, captains of industry and, and celebrities, everything from Kathy Ireland to Stedman Graham to, you know, Randy Zuckerberg, you know, Steve Wozniak, all the, all the gangs all here. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're excited. Okay. So let's talk about, all right, let's talk, let's just dive right in and talk about really what are some of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs and small business owners make today? So, you know, there's a tremendous amount of mistakes and they're making more mistakes now more than ever before. It used to be, you know, when I wrote my first book in 2013, um, I did the research and, and learned that 80 to 90% of businesses, 85 to 95% of businesses will go out of business startups one to five years, right? Yeah. Well, then when I wrote Exit Rich and did the same research, I learned that the business landscape has changed dramatically. It's actually flip-flopped. So now only 30% of startups will go out of business. However, here's what you need to pay attention to. Out of 27.6 million companies, those businesses have been in business 10 years or longer. 70% of those businesses will go out of business. So only okay. 30% of startups and 70% of businesses have been in business 10 years or longer. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's really something we want to highlight. So you've been in yeah. business 10 years or longer, and now you have a higher failure rate. We used to think once you pass the five-year mark, okay, you could take a breath. But now what you're saying is those that have been in business 10 years or longer, they have a higher failure rate. They do. It's actually flip-flopped. And right. we've heard about this. See, most, most business people don't know about this because when you hear about it in the media, you're only hearing about the public companies like Toys R Us and mm. um, Steinmark, Kmart, Pier 1, all of the big public stores. But Chris, what you're not hearing about are all the small private businesses on every street corner in every town in every state across our great nation. These businesses are dropping like flies and nobody in the media is covering this whatsoever. And this is before COVID, by the way. Right. Okay. So what do you think that is? I have my guess. You tell me why. Oh, let me, well, maybe I should just throw in my guess if I can. Um, you your can, guess. I love you to can, hear your guess. <laughs> okay. You can point out how wrong I am. Um, I'm pretty passionate. do that even if you're wrong. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I'm pretty passionate that unless you have a team and systems in play, you're, you are self 
underemployed uh, versus being an entrepreneur so that you think you have a business and you really don't. And all you need is one little hiccup and you're derailed, right? So I think it's a lack of systems or the ability to sell it because really you're self-employed. Yeah. So you're half right. Okay. I get half a point. Yay. (laughs) And that's one of the reasons that the eight out of 10 businesses don't sell. But the reason that 70% of businesses are failing that been in business 10 years or longer are more than just systems and people. The big reason is because business owners have become complacent and they stop doing what I call aim, aim, A-I-M, aim, always innovate and market. Okay. These businesses that have been in business 10 years or longer stopped innovating and they stopped marketing. And guess what? Consumers buying habits have changed dramatically. You okay. can thank Amazon for that. The way that we used to purchase products and services are not this, is not the same way that we purchase products and services now because Amazon makes it so easy to purchase whatever we need and have it shipped to our doorstep within two days. You can also. I'm sorry to interrupt you. There's somebody at my door with parcel. No, I kid you. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you. Okay. (laughs) I know. Let me, so let me ask you this. Can I throw this in here? Would you think the modern day entrepreneur? So maybe I'm now, let's say I, I don't want to, I don't think age has anything to do with it. So I don't want to date somebody, but let's say I'm an older, more mature lawyer, which by the way, I know my mother is very tech savvy. And so it doesn't have, I don't want to limit somebody by age. But let's say maybe back in the day, or you've got somebody that you're whatever, you have a service, a lawyer is not a great example, but you have a service and now you've been continuing to provide that service for 10 years. Where I find the modern entrepreneur is like, okay, now I've been doing that service for a couple of years. Now I wanted to coach one to many instead of one to one. And now I want to get my info product out and my book out. So whether I'm using AIM or not, always innovating in marketing, by virtue of my ambition and technology, I am always innovating in marketing because I'm trying to climb the next mountain. Whereas before, if the store was open, you know, if you were, had a, a hardware store and it was open, that was a success. There was no new frontier to climb. Right. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. And still innovating in marketing because if you have one client, now you're like, well, I can coach many and I can do this. And, right. You know, that is still innovation, right? That's innovation. Oh, I agree. It's different. And you're all either growing or you're dying, right? Right. And all I'm saying is maybe some of us are doing that by default without really a strategy, but we just have ambitions. The modern day entrepreneur allows us to see what other people are doing. We have more and more ambitions. Whereas before it's like, if I had a store and I wasn't looking at what Amazon's cutting into my pie, now I'm not innovating. Right, right. Okay, right. makes sense. Right. My apologies. And, and Continue. a lot of these companies, you know, like the big, the, the public businesses like Toys R Us, I mean, they did the same thing for 70 years. They never changed right. anything. You right. know, for 70 years, even Blockbuster. Blockbuster sold Netflix. Ugh. They saw the writing on the wall. They had the opportunity to purchase Netflix. They sat there fat and happy and did nothing. So this is why businesses, this is one of the big reasons that companies are going out of business because they're also are disconnected from their clients. They stop asking their consumers or clients, what do you need? What do you want? How can I make it easier for you to do business with us? You know, okay. consumers, are, clients are going to go, where you treat them right, where, where it's easier to do business with them, where it's more convenient. And okay. business owners stop asking clients that question. And like I said, our buying habits have changed. So we could talk all day because I know for me, the, uh, the turning point in life was when Kodak, after 100 years, went out of business. And you would think, well, you know, they were the brand, right? 
And you would think when you had a hundred years in, you could take a breath, right? right <laughs> like, right. oh, you I know what? To, we Yeah, I used to work with Xerox. <laughs> right. You think, okay, we can rest now. We hit the hundred year mark. Okay. So you're talking though, but the rest of us, maybe we're going, ah, yes, Michelle, but that's the big companies. I'm different. So can you relate this message to the small entrepreneur or the small business? Because, and I don't, sorry, people, I don't like that word either small because we're not small. We're living big. All right. But the perceived small business or the entrepreneur, how is it that we're not innovating? Because really Amazon, you know, that's a whole beast, but does it affect what I'm doing? Tell me how it affects the regular entrepreneur. Yeah. So obviously it affects a regular entrepreneur because the statistics are real. Like I said, 70% yeah. of these businesses are going out of business. I didn't make those statistics up, but the way it's affected it, you know, I'm trying to think of a story I can give you really quickly. All right. Manufacturing business. I, well, it's not really a manufacturing business. It's more of a welding business. Um, they do fabrication. They've been in business for about 30 years and it's two partners. I think they have like three employees. Okay. And they've never done anything differently. <laughs> they've never right. innovated. They have never purchased new equipment. You know, there's new equipment in that industry that can make them run a lot more efficient and okay. productive and put more money in their pocket and operate with less people. I mean, they have three people right now. The problem is it's very hard to sell this company because you take the two owners out there is no business. Plus, they have right. um, they have antiquated equipment. So anybody who purchased that business will right away have to replace the two partners. Right away, have to place new equipment. Right away, um, implement some new innovation and marketing strategies. So well, that's an example right there. Yeah, and I tell people all the time. You know, if you don't have systems in a team, there's nothing for them to buy. They would buy an employee, which is you getting a job. I always say it's like watching sports and sitting on the couch calling yourself an athlete. You're not. You're just watching the game. So let's dive into... You just talked so, about my two P's right there. People. Oh, good. Yay. I was just going to say, let's dive into the six P's. So we've got two. <laughs> so tell me about them. Yeah. So let me tell you about people real quick. So, you know, you don't build a business. You build people. People build a business. And that's the problem is a lot of business owners are the business. You know, yeah. um, they, they, they have this mentality that if I want it done right, I have to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. I have to do everything. I'm a control freak. And that's the wrong mentality. Focus on your strengths, hire your weaknesses. And business owners really need to have the right people in the right seat. Because if you don't have the right people in the right seat, you don't have a business, you have a job. And then you need to ask yeah. the who question. Who in your business opens up? Who handles customer service issues? Who handles manufacturing? Who handles logistics, distribution, marketing, customer acquisition costs? I mean, the list goes on and on. The, the clue here, Chris, is you should never be next to the who. <laughs> right. So your name should never ne- be next to the who. It should be sustainable. You need to build a business that can run without you. Because if you don't, it's really not sellable. I mean, think of it like a dental practice, right? So we have a dental practice right now. One dentist. One yeah. dentist. We yeah. pull those dentists out. There is no practice. We have a chiropractic clinic right now we're trying to sell. And he's like, Michelle, we're great. We have two doctors. Well, you know what? Your two doctors are leaving you. Yeah. yeah and when yeah. you leave, you have no business. No. And, and I give an example in my book, When They Are, When The Day. And what it was is I was going to a marketing client of mine at the time, and she had a, a fancy restaurant. One of these things where you spend 25, 30 bucks on a salad, but you leave just as hungry, if not more. And it was really a fancy salad. And we went in and it was like a spring day and it was in Canada. So what happens is one day is really warm and one day is cool. So you went in the day before it had been really warm. Now, here's the thing. Her server who makes like minimum wage an hour, but did lunch special every day was off sick. So you walk in and instantly you're freezing cold 
And what it was is she always opened the restaurant, even though she had no managerial position, no process to follow or anything. And she was the only one that knew how to shut off the air conditioning. The owner is there. She doesn't know how to shut it off. People are getting upset. They're leaving. You know, they're comping all these meals. It's a horrible experience. And it's all because she didn't know how to shut off the air conditioner. Like, that's a process. Like, we're not talking logistics and, you know, fabrication and warehouses, people. We're talking really basic stuff, right? Yep. yep. Very basic stuff. Very. Yeah. You know, it yeah. happens to even the best of us sometime, you know? Uh, I was in my conference room in a board me in a in a board meeting with one of the companies I own, and my IT guy was here. Well, my door was locked. Nobody asked me for the keys. They had the IT guy sitting here waiting for two hours. I pay him per hour. Nobody oh. knocked on the door. I had the keys the whole time, and nobody even asked me. Oh no, no. Okay, so tell us the other P's. So okay, so that was people. So product is the second P. Okay. The product is, you know, you have to ask yourself, is your industry on the way up or on the way out? Do okay. you have an Amazon or do you have a Blockbuster? If you have a Blockbuster, you better oh. pivot. You better pivot. And here's the deal. Ask yourself three transformational questions. Get out of okay. the transactional, become trans- transformational. Ask yourself, what business are you in? Okay. Sometimes you need an outsider's perspective to help you ask these questions and answer these questions. But number one, what, what type of business are you in? What do you do really well? What business should you be in? Okay. Let me illustrate this with a story. Amazon, right? What business is Amazon in? What business did they start in? Oh, they started in books. Yeah. Books. Bingo. And I asked myself, what what business am I in? Oh, I'm in the books business. What do we do really well? They say we do fulfillment really well. Yeah. What business should we be in? We should be in fulfillment, not just books. Yeah. Those three questions transform them into a multi-billion dollar conglomerate versus just a little small book company. Yeah, you know, that's interesting because I know for me as a marketing strategist, which I did for years and still do, I have marketing clients. It's just not something you see me online promote because what evolved out of my marketing experience was win the hour, win the day and strategies and team building and stuff. So we have marketing clients that often find out I'm still a marketing strategist through our win the hour, win the day platform. But people kept coming to me for those strategies. You know, my marketing clients say, oh my gosh, how do you do this? And how do you keep it running? the business running when you're away and all this stuff. So it, so I'm like, all right, eventually enough people asked like, okay, I'll help you a little bit, a little bit. I'll write a book. Okay, here we go. So it, the first few people I did say, oh no, I'll give you a few tips, but that's not what I do. And then eventually I thought, well, what I do is what they pay me for. And if it's helping other businesses, I'll keep them in business. Then they can use my marketing strategies, right? right. So fabulous point, fabulous point. Okay, continue with the P's. So we got people, people product. We got products. Number three is what you already said is processes. Yes. And processes are extremely important, but it's kind of like planning your exit. Most business owners don't think about their exit or think about processes until they have to. Let's, until you know somebody gets injured in, in the warehouse because there wasn't a health and safety process in place or because they have a bad customer review on Google because their processes were not designed with the customer experience in mind. Have mm-hmm. you ever watched the movie The Founder? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes. The speedy remember, system. Yes. Yes. You remember the McDonald's yes. in the 40s? Wanted to start a fast food restaurant because back yeah. in the day, it was a drive up and they came out on roller skates and they bought your food. But it was, the order was wrong. The food was cold and it took forever, right? So yeah. McDonald's brother said, here's our mission statement. Here's what we want our customer experience to be. We want to deliver great tasting food under two minutes or less. Fast, right? Yeah. Fast food. Yeah. 
how are we going to do that? They go to the empty tennis court. They draw it all yeah. out. They take their employees. They, they did this all day long until they figure out who's going to um, take the customer's order. Who's going to toast the buns? Who's yeah. going to burger? Who's going to put the pickles on the bun? Who's going to give it to the client in two minutes or less? That process right there is why you can go to McDonald's in Hong Kong or Russia or Singapore, mm-hmm. America, and get the same experience because... They designed it with the customer experience in mind. And also I'd like to add to that, which, yeah, which was really important too, is when they went to the empty tennis court and used court, uh, use chalk, that's yeah. the thing I keep talking about when I talk about team building, it doesn't have to be sophisticated. They didn't buy a bunch of machinery and then move things around. Right. You can create the most elaborate, efficient, customer pleasing systems with little to no money. And right. that's a really powerful message you just highlighted because they just did that for hours with the chalk. So right, good right, point. Right. Okay. Have you, have you ever seen Chris? Have you ever seen tiny houses? Yes, yes, have, yes. Have you ever seen them? Like, you know, the people who build tiny houses on the show, they get the family together. It's like a family of six that's gonna go from 4,000 yes. square feet into like 300 square feet. Yes. Like practice the processes of how they're going to move and how they're going to cook and how they're going to do this and that. Have you seen that? I have, but I'm not buying it though. Once they bring in two pairs of shoes, they're out, but. Oh yeah, me too. Two pairs of shoes and one purse, I'm out. Okay, so I'm, yeah, really. So we're looking at people process product, which now we're right now here with Marcus uh, from The Profit. So tell me how you deviate deviate from market from, uh, oh my gosh, from Marcus from The Profit. What are your other three Ps? Proprietary. So I've been doing this way before Marcus because I've been doing this for 20 years. Anyway, proprietary, proprietary is the number one value driver. Proprietary will get you the highest multiple in your business. There are six pillars to proprietary, so I'll go through them rather quickly. Number one is branding. Branding. The bigger the brand, Chris, as long as it's still relevant in in, in the consumer's mind, then the higher price you'll get for your business. The biggest brand in the world is? Amazon. Apple. Or Apple. You got I was going to say you one of the A's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apple, three hundred eighty-nine yeah. billion dollars just for the brand. That's not cash flow, right. real estate, right. or anything else. The other okay. big thing in proprietary is trademarks. One right. of the biggest mistakes that business owners make is they go out when they start their business, they get a state trademark, but they never check to make sure there's a federal trademark available. So okay. they'll be in business for four or five, six, seven years, and all of a sudden receive a cease and desist letter, cease right. and desist letter in the mail, and then they have to, they, they spend a lot of money at it to try to get it to stop, and they lose because somebody else mm. has a federal trademark. So they have to close mm. their, that name down and start all over again. So go out right. there and spend the $1,500 and get a federal trademark. Okay, and fabulous. Pat, patents are big. Patents are really, really big. What, if you ever watch Shark Tank, what's the first thing that they all asked? Do you have a patent? Do you have a patent? Mm. Have a patent? We sold a business for $18 million. I had 18 patents, a million dollars of patents. So go out there and protect your IP and get a patent. Contracts are okay. also big, are huge. You have manufacturers, distribution, franchise or contracts. Um, client contracts are the biggest. Okay. So buyers want to buy a business that's making money. They want re- reoccurring um, income, residual income coming in. So contracts are big. However, here's another mistake, Chris is that most business owners never have the transferability clause in their contract. Oh, to a new owner. Correct. Ah, okay, okay. 9.9% of all sales are asset sales, not stock sales. Okay, gotcha, okay. if it's an asset sale, you better have that transferability clause or your deal could fall apart. And then the other big thing in proprietary is databases. Okay. Databases are huge. Facebook paid $19 billion for WhatsApp, and WhatsApp was hemorrhaging money, but they had a billion users. 
Mm, so if you okay. have a database that can be retargeted and repurposed, we can get you right. a lot of money for that database. And then um, I call it. So the almighty list that we talk about all the time, people, yes. the almighty list. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. And then, and then there's also intellectual real estate. So okay. when I say intellectual real estate, I'm not talking about your commercial building or your land. I'm talking about, about mm-hmm. your real estate. So let's say you have a skincare company and you're on Oprah's favorite things and Oprah is endorsing your skincare company. You think people would pay for that? You think buyers, mm-hmm. synergistic buyers would pay for that? Absolutely. Or let's say that you have a diet company and Rush Limbaugh or Glenn Beck or somebody is endorsing that. They can only endorse one diet company at a time. Or let's say you're manufacturing sheets and pillowcases and linens and you're number one on Wayfair. <laughs> right, so right. This is all what I call intellectual real estate that some okay. buyers will pay a lot of money for. And then the fifth P is patrons. You have to okay. ask yourself, do you have customer diversification or customer concentration? Do you follow the golden rule where 80% of your business comes from 20% of your clients? And if you lose a couple of clients, what happens? So mm. you really need to ask your clients. And this is why else, this is why businesses stop. Go, I mean, started going out of business because they stopped asking their clients, what do you need? What do you want? And either yeah. you provide a great experience for them or they'll go somewhere else. So also business has been in business 30, 40, 50 years. Their clients are aging out. So right. you have to replace those clients and millennials do not buy the same way that Gen X buys or the same way that baby boomers buy. So again, innovation marketing. Yeah, I know. I know even uh, sports arenas, although we've had some issues with that attendance lately, but sports arenas targeting the younger audience or even Harley Davidson, which, you know, thrived for so long and they're struggling with the younger consumer not buying the big hogs like their market their demographic is is aging out right so really good point okay all right okay and our last p P is profits okay money but here's the here's the thing this is why i put profits last okay profits is never the problem never it's always a symptom of not operating on one of the other five p's if you don't have the right people in place you're going to have a profit issue Right. If your product is dying and not thriving, you're going to have a profit issue. If your processes are not productive, efficient, and your client, your employees will train on it, you're going to have a profit issue. If your IP proprietary is not protected, you're going to lose market share. Same thing with patrons. So profit is always a problem, not operating on one of the other five P's. It's a symptom, not the problem. Good point. All right, man, we have been schooled. Okay. We have a few. <laughs> I didn't mean to school y'all. <laughs> no, no. I thought it was good schooling. I thought it was good schooling. Not a, not a, not a negative thing at all. Very positive. Okay. So we've got a few minutes left. Tell us one last big thing that you think you've got some bestowed more wisdom on us. What's something else you feel we should know before we wrap up? Well, number one, I want to tell them how they can get exit rich. Okay. Have time for that. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So um, Exit Rich, you know, we had to pivot. There's your 7P. <laughs> we yeah. had to pivot. Yeah, yeah, Exit yeah. Rich was coming out in 2020. But Exit Rich is coming out in, in um, January of 2021. And um, if you go to ExitRichBook.com, we're in the middle of pre-sales. Okay. And it's only twenty four seventy nine, which includes shipping, which is less expensive than Amazon. Okay. You, you will receive the digital download immediately when you order. Okay. And you all uh, will ship the, the hardcover to your doorstep. Plus, you'll get a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club, which has me doing video training and doing deep dives. But as importantly, we have documents, Chris. Okay. If you've never seen an employee handbook or a non-compete or a sample LOI, letter of intent, 
uh, sample purchase agreement, sample due diligence checklist, sample closing docs. It's all there for you review. And you okay. And then okay. they will receive 30 days in the club CEOs, which is a like-minded um, entrepreneurial club that I started where we do hot seats, Q and A's and ask those transformational questions so we can have business owners, not just survive, but thrive on the other side of this. Okay. Now these letters of intent and the, the awesome documents you're giving, are they going to help? Uh, can we make them generic for our worldwide listeners? We've got a lot of people in Australia, Italy, Canada. It's, you know, they're not really generic. They're all in, um, they're all in English. No, uh, I mean, no, I mean, as far as laws go, like, are, are they um, law specific? They're really based on the United States law. Okay, gotcha. United yeah. States law. Okay, perfect. All right, there we and go. Canada, Canada does, does things very similar to United States. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, so we know. We just want to be clear for those Australians. We'll get. We'll take care of you later. I don't know why we've yeah. got a big market in Australia. If we have a bunch of Australians. I'll do what I can do to, to try to make it applicable for them. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. Okay. So exit rich. That's where we can find you for the next little while. Exitrichbook.com. Okay. And if they want, if your listeners want to follow me on social media or look at my other website, sure. they can text Michelle. Okay. 888-526-5750. Gotcha. All right. We'll put that in the show notes, guys. Michelle, thank you very much. It's been a blast and you really just delivered at a steady and strong pace. We appreciate you and everyone else to the next show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. Hey guys, I'm super, super excited to share with you right now. We are gearing up to do a crazy, amazing launch with the outsourcing playbook for busy entrepreneurs on Black Friday. We are going to have a spectacular Black Friday special, and this is full, chock full of amazing content. It's really about creating your win team so you get to what is next, what is next, so that you can get ideas to implementation and really make your ambitions come alive. So get on the waiting list, www.comingsoonfromchriskris.com. Coming soon from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. Chris,